Hi. Hi, everyone. Hey. Uh, uh, welcome, uh, welcome back to Mean Girls Interrupted. Girls Interrupted the podcast. The podcast starring uh, John Travis. Higgins. I'm John. Oh, whoops! I said your last name. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Everybody. There's a lot. I'm pretty of, sure it's on our bios anyway, right? Oh, I think it is actually. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, no secrets here. No, everyone. no secrets. No secrets, as they say. So yeah. this is a movie review podcast for all of you out there who are brand yes. new here. Um, it's brand spanking new. We don't know how you found us, uh, but we would like to know how you found us. So you can email us at meangirlsinterrupted at gmail.com. It, uh, it's exactly how it's spelled. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's spelled exactly how it sounds too. So that should be super yeah. easy for you to figure that out. Also follow rate review wherever you listen to your podcast. Yes. Uh, if you are currently listening on Apple, we would really appreciate it if you'd go and give us five stars and leave a review. And also follow us, follow us because you guys, we got to fix that algorithm. You know, yeah, the algorithm is pretty crazy. Yeah, It's pretty messed up. Um, um but also follow. Following is the new thing that you must do. Yes. And uh, yes, it used to be subscribing. It's now called following. We need the review also. So if that's something that you feel like doing, just go in there. In the review, you could say, um, oh, my gosh. Like, hey, um, I'm hey, regular for the first time in three weeks. And we'll know that you're talking about your bowel movements. Right. And we need to know those things. And five stars. Because we love we that. We care about you as people, as individuals, as people listening in your cars, at work. Um, listening in the prison. Because some of you are in prison. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, yeah, just wherever. I mean, we're probably being streamed um, in space on like a space station. Oh, crap. Absolutely. Yeah, if that's you, sound off in the mm -hmm. reviews. And just drop us a line and be like, hey, girls, heard you were mean, heard you were interrupted. <laughs> uh, loved it. XOXO gossip girl. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So for all of you out there who are gossip girls, join the club at meangirlsinterrupted.com where you can get everything you need except for merch. Coming soon. Right. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, so today, Travis, what are we what movie did we dive into this week? Guys, we dove head first into full prestige. We oh so full of prestige. We dove head first into a pit of cellists. Um, and the movie is called Tar. <laughs> Tar. Not like the icky gooey viscous. Sub uh, liquid. I love stuff icky gooey viscous left behind by dinosaurs. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because dinosaurs existed. For all yeah, of you out wait, there who don't, do, think they don't that. make tar. They make oil, don't they? I actually don't know what they make. I don't know where tar comes from. But uh, for those of you who doesn't, who don't believe in dinosaurs, um, by. <laughs> <laughs> but so tar is starring Kate Blanchett. Who is uh, um, incredible, incredible. She is pretty cool. Um, and this is um, basically just starring her. It is her vehicle. She is driving this thing. John, she is driving Miss Daisy. She drives it all the way. It is going for OK. 
she's learning how to drive because this movie yeah. starts off pretty slow and then it true, true, and then true. it goes <sighs> continuously about the same speed for a while until the brakes fall Are off employed the, the wheels fall off and the brakes fail. So everything, everything happens. She's at the wheel and she doesn't know where she's going. She actually, and you know what? Her brother says that to her. That's true. Her brother says, I don't, you don't know where you're going. Also, John, he calls her Linda. Yeah. And he's like, oops, sorry, Lydia. Like shady. Also, I do love that she changed her name to Lydia. I've always loved so the she name Lydia. Does come from, she comes from Nothingsville. Oh, by the way, we spoil. Guys, we spoil alert. every part of every movie we review. So if you hate that, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, Watch the movie and then come listen back. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> but don't listen to it first. Watch the movie and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a prestige film. Uh, Credits done are by first, Todd everyone. Field. Todd Field, okay, everybody. Todd Field. I think the last movie he did was over a decade ago, and it was um, Little Children. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. Uh, I kind of <laughs> forgot about that movie. I'm not gonna lie. It's a, also a great movie. It was also uh, earned. Um, uh, who's a what's it? Kate Winslet, an, an Academy Award nomination that year. Yes. Um, also, what's his face is in it from uh, 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 Hard Candy. Why can I never remember his name? Yeah, because it's something like Dave Williams or something I can like never, that. Yeah, it's the most basic name that you can never remember, but he's in everything. He's also in he's Insidious. In, yeah, he's all in all the Insidiouses. He's in Aquaman currently. Is he? Yeah, John, I did not know that. Also, you know what? When he first popped into the scene, I, he never really did it for me. But the more I, he's like kind of it, he's like, he's it for you a little bit. Yeah, a I little think he's, bit. He's it for a lot of people, actually. He's a little bit it. Not, a, yeah. not but there's something about him where I'm like, OK, he's got a bit of an appeal. Yeah. Right. He does look a little bit bland and like usual, but then like unusual beneath the service. Yeah. So, um, so not little children. Uh, We're not talking about that, but director. Oh, yeah. Todd Field. Todd, Todd Field. Field. Todd Field, John, this everybody. movie had to cost <laughs> so much money because they were... $35 million. That's a lot. That is a lot for a movie like this. But the lighting, and I was... They must have paid so much for the lighting and the locations because, dude, they... This movie... They really went for it. Oh, my gosh, dude. It looks... It looks tasteful. It looks expensive. John, it looks expensive, which they did a good job because, like... Yeah, it's supposed to not, be not about expensive, not expensive in the sense of like a big high flying movie. No, expensive, expensive as in wealth, as in high taste, high class world. Yes. Like you are existing in this upper echelon. Uh, come like whatever hoity toity classical composer lifestyle would be. Honestly, very pretentious. Yeah. It's pretentious lighting and it works. Yeah, like they really go in, and the, I think the cinema the cinematographer is Florian Hafmeister. Oh well, bring it, because Florian uh, yeah, did an amazing lots of job. Germans. Yeah, um, so it does take place largely in Germany. Yes, uh, um, they did do a lot of special thanks. I noticed for like locations that they were able to use. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Kate Blanchett was like involved. Like this is like her passion project. Really, like. 
Like she knows that she's going to get the Oscar nomination, which she did. Of course she did. Dude, literally, yes. is there anything that she does? Like, it's hard. Yeah, there are some things that she does that are yes, but, <laughs> schlocky, but, but you, know, you want to know what, though? Watching her in this movie, I don't know if this is like one of. You know what, though? <laughs> um, what's that one? Uh, Crackhead Alley. Remember Crackhead Alley? Uh, yeah, Geek Alley. That's the one. Geek Alley. Is it Geek Alley? <laughs> it's geeking out in the alley. So when, with Guillermo del Toro. So Guillermo del Toro <laughs> did uh, geeking out in the alley with Kate Ban- Blanchett, who by no, the way, like Kate Banchett. Oh, Banchett. No, Kate Banquet. Banquet. Yeah, Kate, Kate Banquet. Banquet. So she did really, really well in that movie. I loved her yes. in that movie, but this movie. But she was sort of relegated to like one set. You know what I mean? Oh, she was. It was. She was basically just in her office all that time. Honestly. But she is in this movie. She is moving from room to room. And you know what? (laughs) She is chewing up the scenery. She is. She is chewing up the scenery and the scenery is mostly gorgeous. Um, That house they live in is so cold. Oh, it's so German. It is. It's so German. So cold looking. It is austere. It is not a warm place. And there's talk about storytelling via mise-en-scene. Like the home that she goes home to every single day is like this cold and distant void. John, it is 100% that. It's, and it's amazing. It, but, um, oh, so I would live there in a second. It's it is it is up my geek alley. It is, oh, I was geeking all over the place, all over that alley. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so this star is Kate Banquet, <laughs> and she is nominated for an Academy Award this year, and uh, for this role as Lydia Tarr. Honestly, and yeah, yeah, that's it's well deserved. Movie. It's truth. It's truthfully well yeah. deserved. It, she comes out of the gate acting up acting her face off John, like she is yeah. in the most believable way everything about it i said i truly was like is this a real woman i was like is lydia yeah, like, Tara a real watching? woman because it is it is it does start documentary style John, did you notice yes i noticed that and i was like okay wait are we watching a biopic that's like somehow a fictional biopic it was really weird it was weird in that it sense that I didn't that know. And it really, it really sucks you into the reality and like sells you on on Lydia Tarr like being a real icon. Like she's she plays a a, a um a maestro, uh, a, the maestro, uh, the conductor of the Berlin Orchestra. Yeah. Like I don't know Philharmonic or whatever the super, fuck they call that. Super prestigious. Yeah, like it's yeah, and she is an American, and that's unusual um for her but she worked uh, her way to the top because she knew how to play the game she knew how to play politics but we jump into the story whenever she's like at the top of her legacy and she's giving like uh a new yorker talk uh like um in front of people i don't know what you call those like a public speaking event or something yeah it was like a it was basically a ted talk for like boring people yeah like who like to yawn, but she, <laughs> but it is, it is like a, it's at times it's like a, this is a very long opening scene where John, it's just yeah. her talking. Thank you. A lot of these like scenes she's just were talking long. to herself, basically. A lot of these scenes were long and, un- yeah. and listen, not unlike her, 
I keep interrupting you as she kept interrupting the person. Like we're girls interrupted. Who is asking the question. <laughs> he keeps asking questions and she's not letting him finish his sentences, but it goes on forever. But it's so well done. I'm like, this it's is one, it doesn't the, it doesn't rely on the editing at all. It's just Kate Blanchett being this woman. And it's so convincing and goes on so long. You're like, how many times did they really do this? I hope they only had to do it once because, dude, that is a forever take. It is a it's a really engaging monologue the way she does it and the way she pulls it off. It's like eight minutes. It feels like John. It's, it feels long, but then you're just like cool with it because watching her is it's astounding. Really satisfying, I guess. Yes. It's like, whoa, it's astounding. And then when I text you and I was like, she is incredible was whenever they were at Juilliard. So it goes from yes, there to Juilliard. Right. And I was like, okay, work like Kate Blanchett. In this role, she fully embodies. She uh, is Lydia, yeah. dude. Like it's a complete personality down to the very tiny idiosyncrasies, the voice. It's pretty crazy. It's really nuts. I feel like at this point in the conversation, we should acknowledge who she's up against in the Academy Awards. Um, she is up against Michelle Yeoh. And that's basically all we need to really worry because about. Michelle because Michelle Yeoh is going to win. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh has a shit. It is deserved. It's but earned. It's also. But also it's like. This is where I get into like the whole why is there an award process where like only one person wins? Because, dude, like you can't compare Kate Blanchett in this movie to Michelle Yeoh in like the high flying action drama comedy everythingness of everything everywhere all at once. Like you can't. I'm glad you said that. You can't. You can't place these two performances in the same competition. It's crazy. No, how are they even up against each other? Because, dude, God, I, it's been yeah. a long time since I've been like, wow, 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 you wow. You can't just pick one. But you know what I can point out, Travis, if I may? You absolutely John, can. I? The door is open. In fact, there are barn doors. I have, they're both swung open. Mr. Goose is in there. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait because this is a question for Mr. Goose. Or just maybe an observation for Mr. Tell Goose. Tell him. Mr. Goose is listening. Mr. Goose. <laughs> um, first of all, what are you doing in here, Mr. Goose? <laughs> My favorite then, line of ever in any movie. <laughs> it's the delivery for me. It is. Uh, but anyway, so also Mr. Goose, like, I don't even care one bit about the best actor nominees. Like, I don't even know who is nominated on the men's side of things. I never really do. And I'm just like, no, because do we care? step it up? No, because do we care? The thing is, is I think there's a movie that sounds strangely familiar. It sounds like something Ed Sheeran, like the coast oh, of Ed Sheeran um, or something. No, a large bottle of Kieran. What? No, oh. that's a beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get at the, uh, the sushi place. John, I think it's like the shores of. Sh uh, I don't the. It's oh, no way. It's it's the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Oh my gosh! What? The Banshees, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Yes, honestly, they're just yodeling away. They are <laughs> they are his backup singers. Um, Those are the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. They're Ed Demi Sheeran. Lovato. Call us if you want the yeah, yeah. copyright for that. It's it's the star people Demi Lovato are singing to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
That's a deep cut. Honestly, a deep cut. If you guys don't well, know about Demi Lovato <laughs> singing to ghosts, you need to look it up. Where have you been? Pay attention to her. She needs it. That's what she lives off of. Honestly, she they does. live off of. I'm sorry. She is. Oh, no. I think she went back to she. Oh, her, per, uh, her pronouns, pronouns are she, she and now. they. Oh, okay, cool. So you're good. You're fine. All right. Nice. Um, anyway, so speaking of PC situations, uh, Lydia Tarr in this Juilliard scene, she is doing like like a one day masterclass, like filling in for a friend for like this fellowship, like for teaching uh, the future composers of the world. And um, we open up on like this really um, on on like this like 20 year old Juilliard student um, like doing his sample. I don't know, whatever the fuck they do. Conductoriness. Yeah. His, um, yes, yes, yes. He's, <laughs> he's swinging. He's swinging his wand around. Yeah. But he did not. According to Tar, didn't, he does not uh, understand the assignment. And she is going to berate him in front of the class for like 10 full minutes. Which she does completely. She does in the most passive aggressive slash very aggressive. Not very until much it gets way. very aggressive. But can I tell you, okay. I have to stop you right here. But please do. The only, you know what? I do not know why that actor chose the leg tick to be mm. a thing for his character or if that was something that they had worked out. I think with it a, might be scripted. John, it was. Because that, that kind of thing comes into play a lot. True. People's ticks, because I do notice that she has to stop people, she has to be in control. But yeah, because there's well, there's one like random moment where she uh, like does, does the, to the pull string to no like she uh, she goes into a closet and she does the pull string and it starts like wobbling and she's like very quickly like stops it like aggressively stops it like she can't handle oh. it oh you're right yeah like she can't handle things that she doesn't that she can't control basically basically oh you're right okay I was going to say, but you know what? It was so distracting. So I guess if that was part of it, it makes sense. But I'm not. I think so, too, because she gets annoyed at it. OK, well, then you good, know? because it worked because I was also annoyed at it. So maybe I'm Lydia Tarr. Yeah, she ends up grabbing his knee and stopping him from bouncing his leg. Which, by the way, don't touch your students. This yeah, is when you first aggressive. get a taste of who she is, because you don't know. You know, she's pretentious, but she seems like somebody who could potentially be. Right. But she singles this guy out because she doesn't like what he brought to the table he doesn't like bach right because she that's where it all starts is because like why don't you try something less contemporary and more classical like bach because she's trying to prepare these students for life outside of the classroom which is you're going to be a lot of their first jobs are going to be like guest maestroing uh and doing the classics first and then moving into more contemporary pieces if you want and writing their like, own pieces <laughs> It's all about yeah, doing but, things people want to hear and recognize. Yeah, but this kid has some audacity because he's like standing in front of like a legendary maestro and is like, basically, I don't like Bach because he's like was a really, really terrible person. And it's like against my principles to do that. It just doesn't resonate with me. It feels weird. And then she's like, oh, well, yeah, she's and like, goes <laughs> off on this crazy winding monologue. She goes and, on a tirade um, and then at the end, she basically just like in front of everybody is like, this guy's worthless. And he's mm -hmm. like, you're a fucking bitch. Those are his words. Yeah. And then she says, you're a robot. None of you are above any of this. Why are you picking and choosing based off of? Right. But what she's really taking issue with is like 
PC culture. Yeah. She she definitely is one of those people that we all know and hate. The wokeness, <laughs> like, the wokeness is what I like to call yeah. them. The ones who get like the, mad about like people being mad. Right now, it's like she it's like this whole woke thing like where that she's pissed off about. Yeah. Like she doesn't <clears throat> because um as we come to find out, like the the wokeness of society um it threatens her. It does in a lot her. of ways. And and threatens the things that she has done for years, apparently. Yeah, because she's for all of you out there, spoilers, she is a giant, giant beaver. She is one of she is truly a terrible individual. She is, yeah. And it's interesting to have that as a protagonist in a movie where like there's really no villain except herself. It's like she um, is not John, <clears throat> she is not nice. No, She's a but bad for some person. reason. Yeah, and for me, it's <laughs> like it's a that interesting thing where <laughs> Like I was I was sort of still rooting for her until certain things go down. I wanted the best for her until you realize that all she does and has done in her entire life is lie. Bad things. Also, like just really deliberate mm. choices to hurt and harm people. Yes. Because she can't think outside of her, her own wants and needs and her, what she wants to control. And. She all of her her whole thing is control, control, control. And if you and she had and she makes all the rules. And if you go against the rules, then you are forced out of her circle in some capacity. And, and sort of everybody in her um, Berlin orchestra knows that blacklisted like you will be blackballed <laughs> out of the orchestra. You will never find yeah. jobs. She will ruin your life, which is kind of. This movie is kind of revolves around that. Yeah, it's completely toxic. It's full because she realizes that she has a she's very powerful in the zeitgeist of this world. And um, she abuses that power. Yeah, she's a bad person. Yeah, but not. Uh, but to that end, it's um she. Does she also like doesn't she doesn't have a lot of shame throughout this? You know what I mean? Well, that's it's because like, she's she, not self-aware. Like whenever the it was really telling whenever like the, the kid called her a fucking bitch because she didn't care and she didn't feel bad. No, like she wasn't like she wasn't like, oh, this is a fight now. She just like didn't care. No, she like it meant nothing. Retaliated, called him a robot and let him leave. Yeah. And she doesn't care. She doesn't care how this whole moment can affect her down the line or what these kids even think because like it's everything's so far beneath her. Yeah. It's so wild. But um yeah, and so she just shamelessly um uh goes home not before we meet her assistant. We do meet her assistant. Yes, who has um, written her assistant we see before a Francesca that's her name. Yeah, Francesca. Also delivering a very great performance, by the way. Her, I don't her, know who that the, is, the but she was amazing. Is, yeah, um, it's uh, Noemi Merlant. She's very good. She's very good. I'm probably good. butchering that for, yeah, she's, every single shot of her was pretty gorgeous. But, oh, before, what, what really interesting detail, this thing is full of visual storytelling, so we just have to hop, skip, and a back, and a jump to uh, whenever she's doing that New Yorker talk. 
there's this whole thing where center frame for like maybe 10 whole seconds you can't even see it's blocking Kate Blanchett and the actual uh, interviewer it's just the back of the head of a red haired person a red haired person I noticed that too and I really like that because it's part of the story and her name yeah. is Katie and Katie is a huge part of the story and not yeah. only and while, while we're on the uh, yeah yes, not yes, only yes, does yep. she have red hair but she meets her after the New Yorker thing and her no that's a different person by the way oh well then where did oh, the red yes. Birkin come from the oh right so um that's a different person but it's you're meant to think that it's the same person until later the red-haired on. person is the person recording is that who um, that is no the red person is um uh, who they talk about um <clears throat> oh, sorry 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 um it's the the person they that the francesca and lid and tar are talking about on the way to the airport katie she, yeah she's like katie uh emailed again oh. and she's like oh shit yeah katie yeah. okay so that's who it is that's what, okay so i thought they were the same person Right. But no, it's a completely different person, but also introduces the dynamic of uh, Kate Blanchett being flirty with her admirers. Yes, she is gay. She oh, and she likes to abuse her power to get people uh, younger women, um, Mm -hmm. which is really messed up also. Yes, it's very, very messed up, but also super duper common, which is interesting. (laughs) Not cool. <clears throat> no uh, um but uh let's see here so she uh goes back home to berlin to her wife who is sort of like has like this heart palpitation problem and she uh, like she's her stealing wife. her pills yes she is stealing her wife's pills yes heart pills absolutely. literally what couldn't those do for you <laughs> right i don't know she's like do we still have more of what's her what's her partner's name her wife's name sarah what is it um oops, let's see here is it krista taylor uh, let's see is it sylvia float no i'm trying to remember what her character's name is um god why don't i remember that oh my goodness i'm trying to find her here um but i guess it doesn't ooh. matter but we do come to realize that uh Kate, oh i think it's a nina ha- uh, uh, sorry sharon. sharon 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 is the name played by nina haas yes also amazing Oh, she's incredible. So you I'm just seeing Alec Baldwin was a voice in here. He was. Who did he play? The tuba? I don't know. Maybe hopefully he was cut out. Hmm. <laughs> weird. That's very it's weird. Alec Baldwin voice. Uh-huh. Crazy. Anyway. Um, oh, also, um, your your not so bald uh zaddy oh. mark strong is in this yes but they they put a they put a stringy wig on him john yes. they put some janky ass teeth up in his mouth <laughs> yeah, john so it true. looked like he had been chewing on tailpipes i was like what is happening <laughs> but <laughs> you were sure john i still might have yeah <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> very true i still because might. you know what it could be john he was giving <laughs> that hair was giving strong hand from scary movie too he said <laughs> <laughs> it was true yeah it was uh, yes. not yes, it yes. it was definitely not it and I, I was watching that scene and i was just like "Ooh, travis must be like rolling in his grave right john now. i was not happy i said what have they done <laughs> i kept looking at that stringy <laughs> disgusting wig and i was yeah. like 
Okay, so scary movie two, uh, X <laughs> Smeagol. Like Mark Strong, why would you? He said, um, "My precious, my strong hand," and it was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so she goes home. We meet her wife, and uh, also ado- there is an adopted daughter. Yeah. Oh, she's um, cute. Yeah, she was pretty adorable, and uh, you kind of get the sense that there might Petra? be like a near. Her name's Petra. Petra, yeah, like there might be like a neurodivergent aspect to her. Yeah. But um, the Sharon is worried because she's coming home with bruises from school and, and won't talk about it. So what does what does Tar do? She <sighs> drives she drives Lydia to school. I mean, Petra to school and she uh, fully isolates this bully girl and threatens her t- to like find her and do things to her that are very bad. Her name's Sophia, she, and I believe her. Yeah, I believe that Tar is not just kidding. Like she will actually kill a child. She said, "If you if she comes home with bruises again, I will get you, and you better not tell an adult." She said, "A because they won't believe you because I'm an adult, and no adult would believe that I would threaten a child's life." And that little because girl, I'm Tar, bitch, I am Tar, and you are about to get stuck in this mess. Yeah, you're a mastodon and getting to get stuck yeah, in all this you are. You're a stegosaurus, and, and I'm a mega bitch. Yeah, um, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, so the bullying stops, but um, uh, they do these the auditions. The bullying for, doesn't stop because Tar still exists. <laughs> yes, she is the ultimate bully. Um. <clears throat> oh goodness me! I liked it. Do it again. Thank you. Let me time. just take a sip of this coffee. Oh. Um, uh, so yeah, they do these auditions, they hold these auditions for a cellist, um, and it's like a blind audition. So they're behind a scrim, like these curtains, which I thought was interesting, but this is what, this is where things really get interesting, right? This is this, uh, this woman, uh, what's, what's the character's name? Um, uh, it's, uh, Olga. Olga. Yes. It is Olga. Yes. Um, so first, before they do the audition, they're at a place to do the audition. And Kate Blanchett, a.k.a. Lydia, a.k.a. Tar, um, is in the bathroom doing yes. a blow, probably off the back of a toilet seat. <laughs> and, She's um, washing her hands vigorously. Vigorously. And in comes this person that. Tara's never seen and she just thinks you could tell she's enamored by her immediately. She's like, she just looked at her and Kate Blanchett's basically like hot. Oh, she was like, oh, I would absolutely go to pound town with this person. Immediate lust right away. But Olga goes, Olga does walk very intentionally. John, she did that on <clears throat> purpose. She knew she, what she was doing. And you realized you knew what she was doing because the way she's walking immediately, I was like, that's weird to walk in like that. And but she goes straight to the um, the uh, the stall and closes the door and creepy fucking tar. Ew, dude. She creeps out. She's totally creepy. She like she looks under. She tries to look underneath the um, the stall and she sees what boots she's wearing, which are like these green distinguishable boots. John, I love those boots. I'm not going to lie. She actually Good looked boots. really cool when she came in. I was like, she has great style. They were these know, green right? suede boots with like this. Um, they had like these stud details around them. John, I loved them. It was great because yeah. the costume, I remember. <clears throat> it fit her yeah, character. So, yeah. And so we realized what was happening there is during these blind auditions, we get 
they're they're like scoring wh whoever's auditioning and you can't see anything except their feet as they walk out. Yep. And so Kate Blanchett notices the audition was just done by that girl she has the hots for. Oh. And so she erases a low score right. and puts a higher she one. She did. And she did erase the score. And I was like, girl, she gave you the quivers. And so you're going to rate her higher? She is making sure that this like piece of meat is in her orchestra which she is undeserving of because she erased a score based off of the boots that she saw underneath the stall knowing yeah full she well. was like yeah she's like this i want to abuse my power with this with this woman and that's what she was doing yep, she fully oh my god she's an actual predator she's an actual predator she's calculated every step of the way and um, also, you also her wife is also on this board, and also uh, she is a first violinist, I believe. Yes, and she's and a very, very good. She's very, very good. But she and Tar have been together for a very long time, and we learn that <clears throat> Kate Blanchett used Sharon, her wife, to get into the position where she's at in the Berlin Orchestra because her wife Sharon's parents were. Uh, very much powerful in that whole group and calling the shots of who does what, which is really so, messed up because then you Kate do Blanchett realize rose the ranks. Yeah, you do realize that their relationship, which she calls out later in the movie, is transactional. Sharon Correct. calls it. Yeah. And basically everything about Kate Blanchett is transactional um, because you see that with her two sort of conductor friends, like with Mark Strong. Yes, he. He like he wants something from her and she wants something from him. Yep. And and they talk about it just like it's casual. And then another uh, person who's been like her um, sort of a mentor in a lot of ways. He's like he's like she has a she has a memoir coming out called Tar on Tar, which is like so narcissistic. Dude, it is. <laughs> Honestly, but, yeah. what a title. He, he's like he like hands her this blurb that he wants to have it put in like a forward or something yes. and she's like and she's like oh maybe if there's still time to submit it she literally <laughs> says oh, hopefully there's still time to get it to my publisher yeah, she's clearly not gonna do it she don't care yeah it's so funny but then uh yeah we do see that she has brought this cellist into the orchestra and um yeah what happens from here i know there's like this big huge gap of time in this movie where not a whole lot is happening we're just learning more and more about so her behavior. So what happens here is some of the things we've glossed over is kind of at this point, um, things are brewing because we've found out that Katie, the person in the movie, has committed suicide. And correct. And yes, Tar yes. has told her assistant Francesca, who was in communication with Katie, they were all very close. They were like all close we lesbian that, lovers. Yes. And we learned that, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so okay. Yes. You have to yeah. you have to complete well, okay. So Tar is like, you need to delete all communication with this because she's realizing this is bad because at this it's a liability, it's a huge liability because the communications they've had is Tar has basically blackballed this Katie person from ever performing every anywhere except for a Chuck E. Cheese. She probably couldn't even work at a Chuck E. Cheese if she wanted to. Yeah. Well, we didn't even realize that Katie was an up and coming conductor. Yes, which made me think it was a jealousy issue. Also, she didn't want Katie to replace her in any form. Yeah. Apparently and she was so, very good. Right. And so this 
clearly drove Katie to to killing herself. And Francesca knows that. And and Francesca is like fraught with like grief, like all kinds of grief, sadness, guilt, whatever. Yeah, because they did nothing. The last email that they the last email exchange, which we didn't say was they're in the limo. And she says, this sounds really desperate. Like this sounds bad. And Tar tells Francesca, don't respond to her. Don't no, what she says it. is hope dies. Um, wait, hope, hope dies, dies last. last, which is so brutal. John, you want to know what yeah. though? It's so true. It is very true. John, it's one of the. It's one of like when she said that, I was like, oh my god, burn! But, but also, it's uh, so true. Hope and it's does also die so last. cold for her to like. It's she's clearly has experience with people having hope to still continue a relationship with her after she's used them. Yeah. That she knows that like, Oh, that hope is going to die and it'll just go away. But also in, in like a more broad sense, hope does die last hope. We all have hope for everything in the world. It's such a good line. It is an amazing line, John. And I I'm so glad you said that because that was one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, good writing. By the way, did you, this feels like a movie that was like ad- adapted from some other source material, but it's not. John, it's completely original. That's why I said, is this a biopic? Is this based off of because there is there's this element to it where you're like, how is this? It is so original and we don't get that very yeah. often. Uh, no. And it's so it's also you don't get like really great lines like hope dies less in that moment and all this interplay and intrigue and original material. It's just like. I don't know why. Well, that line but. works so well within the context because hope dies last. No one's really going to think like, why is that your favorite line? Within the context of it, you realize this woman is an absolute monster. Like she yeah, is a monster. Yeah, she is not good. <laughs> not a good person. No. So she also. um, Yeah. So whenever. So she does learn that Katie has killed herself and Francesca is like emotional about it. But Kate Blanchett just gives her a hug and it's just like stone cold. She told like, she told her her literal words were we have to forget about her. Yes. Like, so sorry. She said, delete all, <laughs> all of our transactions from her. You have to forget about her. Yeah. But Kate's uh, Lydia's ego in this whole thing. She hasn't come to the reality that this could really, really start something bad. That This could uh, be the downfall. She's just ignoring it. Brushing it underneath the rug. She's ignoring it just like she ignored Katie. And while while all this is happening, she's like, you know what? I'm going to continue grooming this cellist. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stage this whole situation scenario that makes her this new freshman. She's basically not even been invited to be officially on the Berlin Orchestra. She's, she's going to make guest. her the soloist. She's there as a guest. Yeah. And she's going to make her a soloist because she really, really really yeah. wants to t- which i really love this scene though because whenever she does too. announce it and um, during a rehearsal she's like you know what i think we're gonna i know what the companion piece to this is gonna be and it's gonna be a solo for um it's gonna feature a solo of a cellist um which i guess is not common and so the, the first cherished cellist is immediately like elated and like finally this is my moment John, to shine so happy <laughs> yeah so it was happy like, yeah, because it's a, it's supposed to immediate. The solo is immediately supposed to go to first, the first chair. chair. Duh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no. Tar has like the audacity to be in front of everyone. 
just like stone cold like like you know what i think uh we should uh, bring in a guest soloist or whatever like that and um or we should no we should hold auditions which is by the way yeah. they don't do they're like um that's unorthodox but okay Right. And the first hair is pissed. Well, Tar does say, listen, we need you in this first piece. I don't know how much time you're going to have to prepare for this. So she's trying to audition. She's trying to manipulate yeah. her by being like, yeah, you're so important to us in this. You don't need the solo, even though you could see her face drop when she was like, yeah. uh, we're going to give it to someone else. And they know exactly who they're giving it to. Yeah. And Kate Blanchett, like she does such a good job at this because she knows she's not just like an oblivious person to like other people's feelings. She knows that she has to say certain things to manipulate the situation, regardless of the downfall, who it's the, the, the yeah, the backlash, the result, whatever. She's just like, I do what I want. I, I'm in control. John, I could you not, can be pissed about it. Yeah. And I could not stop thinking about a certain person that I know that we talked about earlier. Who? Oh, I can't tell you. I'm not. Oh, who, right. Oh, who right. We right. Spoke about personal, on a personal note. On a personal yeah. level. I know someone just like this. And it's. And you know what? We do know. I feel like a lot so of people know you. somebody like this. I know. I know someone like this for we sure. We both have. I'm not even going to say what capacity I know this person in because I almost slipped. But we both <laughs> know people yeah. like this. And it is not OK. No, this behavior is not OK. Is not okay. It is not okay. And it's out there right in front of everybody. And guess what? So, they continue to thrive being monsters. Yeah. So she eventually just, she forces um, Olga to be in the solo position without an audition. No, she does end up auditioning. Oh, she does end up auditioning. She true, does true, end up true. auditioning against a person named Max, who the soloist does not get along with. So there were like, during the audition, they clearly know who did better and they're going to give it to Olga. And they're like, but she's not a part of the team. And they said, well, go get Max to congratulate him. And they were like, they're like, uh, damn it. They're like, Max sucks. <laughs> so I guess and we they have all know to. it. They know Max yeah. sucks. So they have and they to know that Olga it. is oh. really, really good. Oh, she is good. There's no denying she's good, but she's also calculating because she knew exactly what to do to get this role. Well, it's, I would argue that Olga initiated the whole thing Olga by stepping did. into that. She walked into that bathroom knowing full well what Tar does. John, that's that's what I was saying, too. She played the player, which makes she her the ultimate player. Totally true. She is just as calculating, if not more than Tar, yeah. because she worked her way into <laughs> an orchestra that she didn't even try to get into. It was handed yeah. to her. Yes, it was. But also, because uh, what goes down now next is like um, Things this sort of sequence of of like of of a tar sort of having these uh, private rehearsals yes. with Olga at her place, at her own place that she never let go of, which we find out is not an office. It's a little home of hers. Yeah, it's her old home back before she was a maestro, a successful maestro. That's where she does these private um, these these private rehearsals with Olga. And they're sort of they're forming this kind of a romance going on. It's sort of getting there. It's very one sided, though. And it's it is one. You can watch it be one sided. It's actually cringe because. 
Yeah. Kate Blanchett's character has no clue. She wants so badly to be with Olga, but Olga is like. Olga's playing hard to get. Giving her nothing because there is nothing to give her. She doesn't want her. There's nothing to give her. Well, right. But also Olga's playing it up hard. She is. And it's yeah. great to watch her get manipulated. It's like, who has the power for real here? Olga does, and she knows it. Yeah. And so, um, and so, uh, Tar drops Olga off at her, like, uh, her crummy apartment building at the end of every single one of these. And I love the reveal here because and this is where things get really bad. It's, uh, so she drops one of their, she drops Olga off in front of her place, uh, uh, once and Olga has left behind this teddy bear and I believe it's on purpose. I also believe it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so Tara sees that she's left this little tiny teddy bear. And so she pursues Olga into the, into the apartment building, whatever, but it's a completely an abandoned building. Which, why did she take her there? But because, because she Olga didn't, Olga doesn't want Tar knowing where she lives. No, but also, it's so weird to me because it makes me think Olga knew what this place was because was that not a wolf that was following her, which I loved <laughs> yeah. the wolf. There. I love the visual because the who's the wolf of that? Yeah. At this point, who's the wolf? Is it Olga or is it Tar? Uh, I think the wolf is, um, I mean, everything that Kate Blanchett has done is coming, coming to, to bite her in the ass. Yes. But I also was like, has the dynamic changed because that wolf was there to represent yeah. all of the terrible things. Right. And it was a black it wolf. Was. It wasn't just a normal wolf. This thing was menacing. It was a dire wolf. Right. right. And so Kate Blanchett's like reaction to it is, of course, is fear. And run and she because runs duh. from it. <laughs> yeah. But she runs up these wet stairs and falls and hits her face. Oh, John, <laughs> the thud when she hits her face. I, all I could I like, think, Ooh. John, I thought of orphan first kill when a homegirl yes. falls off the roof. roof. Yes. Uh, yeah. And just <laughs> it's bad. It's just instant. It's bad. And so, you know, that she has like this it's reveal. She has this nasty, like um, cut, cut up face from the fall. John, she looks crazy. Yeah, and she goes to rehearsals and she she's goes like, home okay, first, just... and she lies yeah. to her wife and tells her she was, attacked, she was attacked, which at that moment yeah. you're like, there's nothing she will not say to avoid yeah. any responsibility for being a total nightmare of a person. Right. Her whole life is a lie at this she's point. She's just is what a you're liar. really realizing. It's like she just lies, 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 and hides, hides, hides. And um, so she uh, goes to... So she goes, yes, everybody at rehearsal is like, oh, my God, what? And she's like, you know what? I got attacked and just brushes it under the table. But Olga knows. Olga knows. Olga says, where were you attacked? And she was like, oh, no, matter, no bother. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oh, here's your teddy bear, by the way. Yep. And like you can tell right there, it's kind of like Olga's sort of like, nope. Yeah. Probably was making a really good decision not letting Tar know where she actually lives. Yeah, psychopath. Um, but she's called into the board where um, uh, they're like, hey, so what happened? And she's talking. They think that she's there like talking about that she was attacked or something. Oh, no, no. The, the Katie suicide. They're like, how do we this is a bad for our PR? Like, what's going on here? 
And she's like, oh, she was just like obsessed. Um, sorry, I couldn't control that. Um, we didn't really know each other. And they're just like, yeah, well, there's also like a lot of these other things that are coming to light that we need to talk about. They're like, oh, by the way, um, there's this video circulating of you saying all of these crazy things at Juilliard. Uh, yeah, that was pieced together. Clearly, it was like in her defense, it was. But, but also, she was still, she was a she total was still bitch. being awful. She yeah. was a total bitch. So it doesn't matter the context in which they cut it. It was still like, yeah, the media is now ruining her because yeah so a student was recording that whole juilliard uh tangent of hers and it has surfaced and then more things are starting to surface as well but here's the thing here's what i want to know in the beginning mm -hmm. of this movie before the credits roll yes everyone credits are in the beginning who is texting while everything is live they're on the plane think, is it olga uh, yeah. because in that scene they're going to new york I think it's Francesca because Francesca, she has she has left the building at this she point. Has. She abandons Tar. She abandons her like and which pisses Tar off and calls her like a two faced bitch. Um, and uh, so, yes, but it's only whenever uh, Francesca after French, it's immediately after Francesca leaves that all of this stuff starts to surface. Yes. Francesca has, I feel has blown the whistle. Yes. Her assistant has leaked everything. Yes, of course, because she also left the building. She left the building. Yeah. She lived in like overnight. Yeah. She got out of there. Cause she knew that Cause Tar knew she where knew she lived. Tar can ruin, Tar can ruin your life. She probably would have killed her. She rolled into the place looking for her. She knew where she lived. Right. And so the, the moment really is whenever um, whenever Francesca really decides that she has to go like right now is because Francesca is still hanging on to this hope that Kate will open the door for her to be a conductor as well. Yep, and never will. Um, because that but she's always going to be the assistant. But um, yeah, it's so Kate Blanchett. There's this whole B story where she like she fires the assistant conductor of the Berlin Orchestra and she she dangles that carrot in front of Francesca in a moment where she's like, you know what? You can throw your name into the, the running for this new position. And Francesca's like, OK, maybe I'm sticking around. Yeah. And then and then she says that it's going to go to somebody else. Yeah, Tar pulls it out, pulls the rug out from under her, says, I've known you for a very long time, but I need someone more experienced. And you can see right then that's when Francesca's like. This bitch you never is see her in the movie again. No, but she's also you can see her face in that moment. She's like, this bitch yeah. is going down. Yeah, like there's like revenge in her eyes. And but like also the, the suicide was a, pushed things was a bridge too far. Yeah, but Francesca <laughs> is not innocent in this. She's also complicit. So cool. Yes, yeah, she's she a whistleblower, is. but she was willing to let all of that go under the bridge. If she, she got ambition, if she got she a part. Had, Yes, yes. She was being manipulated, but she was also trying to work the system for herself as well. True, so like she's there, also there are a gray bad areas. Yeah, well, she was also this entire time. She was, I think she was the one recording True. Kate Blanchett. True. Yeah. Oh, especially at Juilliard and put everything together because she was yeah. there with her. She's always with her. Right. So she knows everything. And uh, yeah, so she Francesca does send the incriminating evidence that um causes Kate Blanchett to be deposed 
she becomes she quickly becomes a pariah overnight, but she's still trying to maintain that status quo. She, she does like a book reading. No one wants to talk to her. No one wants to see her. Yeah. And so uh, it really devolves fast for her in that her wife basically confronts her and is just like, you know what? Everything's been transactional for you. This is still transactional and leaves her basically quietly just it moves away she uh takes petra the daughter the one non-transactional relationship in tara's life yep. and ices her out completely yep. and so kate blanchett goes back home to america probably to flee uh legal repercussions yeah and and wherever i don't know where no because they're in new york they're in actually. new york because the because katie <laughs> is a new york native yeah yeah so she she uh, is basically her life is upended, but she goes home to what, like Long Island or something like that. Honestly, I couldn't tell you, but she goes into a shabby, shabby place. And she like watches all the uh, whatever. It's all very introspective, but she runs into her brother who like there's no love there at all. No, He can't <laughs> stand her. He's like, oh, he he legit <clears throat> says you must be running from something. And she's like, what? From what? Yeah. And that's when he calls her Linda. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Lydia. Yeah, he's so not impressed by her. Yeah. Because she's a con artist. She is. And he knows that she's a fraud. And he's like, you're running from something. You don't even know who you are or where you're going. And the next scene, she's in an Asian country. Yeah, she's in a she's just like it's like maybe like many months or a couple of years even uh, jump in time where she is. um Probably just she's doing whatever she can make of this whole conductoriness. But it's a, it's so interesting because she's in this in this Asian country um, doing conductor stuff, like holding classes and things like that. Uh-huh. But she does it with the same like personality and fervor of the first heart that we see, almost as if nothing has happened or phased her. John, none of it has phased her. That's the thing. It's like there's no remorse. She is like she can exist as Tar anywhere doing anything yep, it, because because her ego is so huge. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, John, it's, it's perfect for you to say that, too, because I wasn't going to bring that up because I hadn't even considered it. But whenever you said that, I was like, you're right. Dude, her personality doesn't change one bit. She is a no. true narcissist. She is what a true sociopath is. Yeah, it's crazy and this so movie is about a sociopath yeah so she we end on like her stepping up to this uh this orchestra and we think that maybe she's just like crawling back to the limelight no <laughs> it's definitely not that because <laughs> like she like but she's doing she's performing with the same fervor as as conducting the berlin orchestra which is like the top but she is in front of the audience <laughs> she's doing like this like really left of center like musical score for a for like a fantasy movie and the audience is like fans of this movie so they're not even there to watch her they're watching this movie while she does a live orchestra to it and they're all like these nerds like comic-con nerds they're all dressed up they're all doing (laughs) they're all in cosplay and john that final scene i was like wow i'm like this is yeah but the thing is, it's like, honestly, that would be a really cool job. But right. when they she were punching fell down, from I grace, think. 
They punched down. They did. It's so messed up because that's what this movie is about. Punching down. They're trying to make it seem like this job she has is like, but like you said, she is doing this 100%, 120%, even though she's in front of an audience that are dressed like what looks like Yetis. Yeah. And she's, I mean, we see like, we see her right before this final moment, like navigating like the, the hotel staff and things like that. And she is so delusional. She's like, out of her so mind. So delusional. She's out like, of she's her just mind, like, dude. She's so crazy because she's like to the like the check in person. There's like one check in person. It's not a nice hotel. No, John, it looks the, like there's probably piss on the floor. I know. And she like just goes up there. She's like, you know what? I really like to uh, have a massage. Today. You know, a good place. And then like he's he's like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. And she goes to the place and she's like, oh, yeah, I just need a massage. And, and then the, the lady's like, OK, payment. And also just step over to the fishbowl. And she's like, what? Yeah. And she's like the fishbowl. She's like, pick like, your girl. Yeah. John, it, that it, was really bizarre. I was like, ew, dude. But I love this. It was a sex she, work place. Yep. But and they're, they're all presented in front of her like she's standing in front of an orchestra. Yep. And she could pick anybody she wants. And one girl looks at her and she freaks out and leaves. And throws up. Because it's transactional. Yep. And she probably, but yeah, she throws up on the street. But at the same time, she doesn't learn anything. Really, no. she doesn't accept the lesson. She doesn't re- try to redeem herself. She just stays that egotistical tar. That's all. Forever. That's all she'll ever be. Yeah, and that's it. And that's tar, everyone. That's the movie. It's long. It's a long movie, but I'm not. The thing is, is it's a it's a very easy three hours. It is because not a ton happens except for very long scenes. Every scene is very long. It's well lit. It's beautifully lit, dude. This movie. Yeah, I had no problem. I think it's because like they they cleverly did the pacing. They ramped up the pacing as the film went on. It is a slow burn. Yeah. So I think to do it that way, like keeps you engaged whenever you're supposed to be checking out. I wasn't bored. Things are happening. I thought I was going to be bored. John, I thought I was going to be bored to tears, especially from the beginning. Kate Blanchett's so great to watch. She's so amazing. And I was like, I can't stop. But the more you start learning about her, you're like, what is she up to? You're awful. Yeah. There's a lot to this movie, but there's also not a lot to this movie. And that's what makes it so good. Yeah, it's just like it's it has it's it dazzles the senses in a lot of different ways. Like you have the music element to it. I love the music tension. Yeah, I love the music element because it also plays into the story. Like, what is the music trying to tell? What are these sounds trying to say? There's so much to it where you're like, everything works together. Yeah. And you do see like this sort of like these private moments with Lydia where you see that she's like pretty crazy. Oh yeah. She's still like in, for stealing your wife's heart pills for what they do not make control, you. High. I guess it's so weird, but like she also like, she is very sensitive to like noises, very sensitive was, to noises. Yeah. And like, you see like whenever she's alone, she's working really, really hard. And she has undeniable talent oh. and skill and knowledge. Like, that's like her base. That's like who she is. But then it's like surrounded by this whole ego, power, hungry, con artist, groomer, predator mentality. 
that just like yeah but i mean makes her a really horrible person well that's the thing though it's like you're watching a sociopath navigate a world that they're able to uh thrive in but she's also very dedicated to what she does and she does understand politics and if you remember that moment in the movie when she's talking with petra there's a scene where petra has all of her stuffed animals put into like the circle oh yeah yeah and petra is they're going in there to play together and she's like, I'm going to give them all a pencil. And what Tar says is, I mean, why are you giving them all a pencil? Not all of them can be conductors. This isn't a democracy. And, and you're yeah, like, that's like total nutshell. You're yeah. like, um, this woman truly believes that she is in control of whoever can be a conductor. Yeah. She works it's- the system to get her way up there and no one else can have it. Yeah, it's so and it's just for there's no reason for that. No, there's no real threat. It's not like, yeah, it's just it's the power. But she's instilling these weird things into Petra, who's a child who just wants to give every one of her teddy bears a conductor's wand. And Tara's like, no, why would you do do that? (laughs) Yeah, that's not how the world works. Why would you do that? Why would you share this with anyone? And it shows like, so yeah, whenever things are really unraveling for her, she does go on these tirades against like she blames, she doesn't take accountability. Nope. She blames the new upcoming world around yep. her, the new society being uh, quote unquote too woke, uh, too PC. Uh, she, instead of taking, take, she like she blames the, the new, uh, the, like the um, like Generation Z coming up, who's like a little bit more compassionate is a little bit more democratic and uh, and is sort of like uh, not accepting that uh, these sort of really capitalistic uh, institutions and mindsets are are what they want, you know? So they're trying to change things and it's working and she's a a victim of that. I love that you say that, too, because she does play the victim. And the reason being, and I want to say this, I love the moment when they were talking about that video that has been cut together from somebody from the Juilliard Mm -hmm. scene. And she was like, that was a tech free room as if that is a justification for her saying what she said. She was saying it was a tech free room to be like, well, you have to let me off the hook because of this. It's like, well, these are things you said. Yeah. It like, it doesn't matter at this point. It's out there and whatever. Who cares like, you can't tech wriggle your way out she of it. She was trying you know? and she was trying hard using just the most lame excuses. And I'm like, yeah, no responsibility. She can't take any. No. And that's like what autocrats do. This is obviously like, um, the theme of this whole thing reflects uh, what we all know in politics today. And, and people it, who exist within our own yeah. worlds today. And I thought this was such like a great like little petri dish of a of a premise to explore that because there I didn't realize that there were so many hardcore politics in this world of of like orchestra. John, like, me either. I was like, but apparently there are. No, I'm up here looking at people, and I'm like, when Guardian Leviosa. Like, girl, that wand work is amazing. But like, I know, right? Casting spells all over like, these people. Whoa. I don't know. It said bibbity bobbity boo, bitch. And um, <laughs> bibbity bobbity, you can never overthrow me. Because I didn't realize that the maestros had so much control over and sway. Me and like, either. I did not. And also, know even that. down, like, even there's like little subcommittees within the, 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 um, the players or whatever. 
the musicians like they have like their whole little sectionals their little committees uh, first chair second chair there's a there's like little micro hierarchies all riddled throughout it. John, it's really weird. And the, the pretension. OK, I want to say I don't know if it's pretentious or not. I guess it makes sense with all of these people who are probably trying to wake, like work their way up to maestro. Yeah. And so, yes, you've worked very hard to become first chair of your section because you have like your wind instruments. You have your bass uh, or yeah. sorry, your what is it? The bass instrument. Uh, what would like they call a, those? Yeah, brass. Brass. Why? Okay, sorry, my brain. Also, the alcohol. The brass, I'm so sorry. Woodwind, it is brass. Strings. Brass, woodwind, strings, percussion. You're right. Because, oh, they did do the percussion. You saw the drums for two and a half seconds. Do you remember that? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Like, they, they I do barely touched bass on it, but you're like, oh, right, there are drums in here. So, <laughs> right. so they have the full thing there, and you're like, wow. All of these people mm-hmm. together, they are mini societies within a larger society, which is society. But they all answer to the maestro. John, and it is society as a whole, but in this yeah. microcosm. Right. It's sort of like in the menu, you realize like the different, like the full hierarchy of like, uh, like a five star. So like chef kitchen, yep. they all answer to chef. Yeah, I don't know. See, this movie could have worked as a satire, too, if they had presented it as that. But the thing is, it. There was it, it felt so realistic. It felt very realistic. This movie like, felt so realistic. I know. Right. And I that 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 last. Uh, well, I'm a little bit of a nerd myself, but that final image where like they pan over to the audience, it's all like cosplayers. Yeah. And it's like so beneath like Lydia Tarr. Yep. Like it's like, like it's supposed to be portrayed as like a such a fall from grace. I'm like. I would love that. John, me too. That's why I was like, when they oh, put like, that, I said, that's a freaking banging ass job. Like that looks fun. <laughs> I I'm like, that looks I'm like, I love fun, movie dude. scores. Also, can you imagine, John, you could go to work. Your whole work would not be as serious as you want to take it. And she's out here giving herself she's whiplash. Getting paid. She's giving herself know, right? whiplash over this. Like you can phone it in, Tar. It's okay. But guess what? You can't say anything about her except for she was giving 110 percent. She was a hunt. She took it just as seriously as the Berlin Orchestra. Yeah, because guess what? Whether or not it's her work ethic or she's fully de- like delusional. She's fully de- delusional, but <laughs> yeah. it's part of her game. She will work her way up from this to something else and continue the cycle in a different country. Right. Like you haven't seen the last of Lydia Tarr. No, because she'll never stop doing. She'll, you, right. The leopard does not change its spots. Right. Right. She will always Ugh. be Lydia Tarr from the bottom to the top. Right. And you can wait out those. Unfortunately, you can wait out those very bad PR moments. Yeah, you can. Because guess who's Which, trying to do it now? Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. He's already doing like interviews and stuff. Yes, I know. Why are people letting him talk? Stop letting him talk. And also, that's what happens with um, he doesn't with get a, a, a former president. Yes. Also to plays this game. No one. Dude, they are the same person. Autocrats, crazy sociopaths, crazy, crazy. It's people. really it's really bananas. But, John, with that yeah. said, what would you rate this movie and out of what? You know what? I would have to give it a nine. Okay, out of how many? Out of what? What do we? Uh, okay, what's their nine, scale? <laughs> out of out of uh, out of ten, um, shocking falls to the face. I was John. That is literally <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> 
Um, I would give it a nine because it's like craft wise, writing wise, performance wise. I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10, but it hits a lot of marks. But I would um, I guess the reason I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10, but maybe just like docking one point because um, I think it's just personal taste and preference in movies. Like, that's basically it. I totally get that. But like, this is um, this is a, a really good movie. OK. This movie is very good. This movie's very mm-hmm. good. Um, I out of okay, so since you give uh face smashes, um, I give so I'm gonna give this movie. I don't know. It's really hard to say. I'm faltering between an eight and a half and a nine. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna base it off of um, an eight point seven five by uh um death threats to children. Oh yeah. So um, which is wild. <laughs> I think I want to give this an eight and a half. And my reason being is this. This movie is a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Also based off of preferences. I did not think I was going to be into this. I would not watch yeah. this movie again. It's too long for me and it doesn't give right. me enough for the length. Now, with that being said, the acting in this movie is so good. It's very the good. Acting is an absolute 10. Kate yeah. Blanchett. It, she cannot be matched in this movie. I don't think I mean, I do like a lot of Kate Blanchett roles, but this like, is one of this her one, best roles. I'm not joking. Yeah, she's usually paired with like other actors. Another this is uh, her movie, just like you said, she's driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is completely just Kate Blanchett showcase. Yes. It's, phenomenal it's, she delivers oh god she does things you didn't even know that she could do even though you really liked her before and oh. knew she could do a lot john she's so good in this yeah. movie i'm still gonna give it eight and a half only because of that reason and, and also let me tell you the lighting cinematography wise amazing. the story's really good but truly the length for me i understand this is an original mm-hmm. idea i mean it would have been an hour and a half if they cut down all the all the scene chewing Kate Blanchett does for 10 minutes at a time. That's the thing is like some of this feels very, it feels like they dr- they dragged it out because they had the budget and because the director hadn't done a movie in a really long time. And it seems very self-aware too, because they know they knew ahead of time yeah. that Kate Blanchett was going to do an Oscar worthy performance. So just let this movie be that. Yeah. I'm not saying don't watch this movie. I'm just saying, prepare yourself. It's slow. It is a slow burn, but it is a good movie. It's a great movie. But for me, yeah, I'm never watching this again. And the length, I don't care how great Kate Blanchett does or how great the cinematography is. I can't get yeah. past the fact that I can't watch this again. Yeah, I can't. It's, uh, it's too long and it doesn't do enough for me. Right. I mean, yeah, movies that I can always watch. I mean, I've, but the acting is phenomenal, dude. Yeah, it's very, very good. The story is original and good, and I didn't think I would watch or like a movie about a conductor. Yeah, and you know, you know what's really interesting while watching this? I'm like real, like, like you know that Kate Blanchett's really good, and then like she's like an institution. At, she is a movie star. She is a Hollywood movie she's star. An like, icon. 
Yeah, so this movie really, for me, I think solidifies yes. her as like Hollywood canon. You will not forget, the history will not forget about Kate Blanchett. She is fully a Hollywood icon. Dare I say, this is Meryl Streep levels? It's Meryl Streep levels. Because, dude, her performance in this was truly yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, and like you don't see a lot of um, actors like her mm-hmm. taking a huge risk yep. like this. Ten I feel I would say this is a risky movie. It is because without her in it, this movie wouldn't have worked. No one else right. could have played this role. I'm not joking, and I truly or believe like, that. It's very much a thing that um, is a, like these um, these actors who are of a certain level and status. They don't do roles. Uh, that are unlikable characters. Oh. Like, and this is a very unlikable character. She's awful. She does really, truly awful things, but it's just, it's kind of like delicious to watch. Jonathan loved aspects. watching her downfall. Although I yeah. don't care, dude, that cosplay thing at the end. I think she leveled up. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, you're doing something cool. Finally. I think she leveled up <laughs> to be honest, but that's my yeah. opinion. So exactly. Also, that's another reason why a half point comes off. You're punching down for nerds. Come on. Most of us are nerds. I know, right? Shut yeah, up. We're movie nerds. Too much punching down. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Watch it now on Peacock. It's on Peacock or wherever you can find Tar. Watch it. You Which is also weird, by the way. I was like, wait, this is streaming on Peacock? John, when you told me it was streaming on Peacock and I couldn't remember last night. And I was like, did you say Peacock or did you say Paramount? Because it made more sense for Paramount. And I went to Peacock <laughs> and I couldn't find it. So I had to type it in. And I was like, why yeah. is this not on the front? I know, right? It's not it's even like on the big... front of Peacock. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. It's because it's focus features and that's universal and Peacock is universal. Got it. Yeah, but you know what? If you guys are going to have this on here, they may as well drive it home that it's an Oscar. Like one. You're going to you're going to force Kate Blanchett to go and do press for this thing and, and say out loud, you can stream it now on Peacock. John, she probably doesn't give like me the, the word Oscar. Peacock. Right. Like what, uh, whenever she does her Oscar acceptance speech, which is highly likely at this point, she's going to be like. Is she going to thank Peacock? It's either her or Michelle Yeoh <laughs> at this point, And now I'm worried. I know I'm worried for Michelle Yeoh. But the thing is, I know, I'm like, biased for sure. I'm biased because I want Michelle Yeoh to win because I truly. Right. John, I will be watching everything everywhere all at once for the rest of my life. Exactly. Exactly. It is fully rewatchable. It is an experience. And it's of long, but it is something you can watch because there's so much right. happening. Also, Michelle Yeoh's character in that is somewhat unlikable. She's because she also starts out very as, unlikable. She starts out with very messed up views. John, even at the, yes, and even at the end of it, you're still barely being like, okay, she's trying, but she's still an asshole. Right. She has a long ways to she go. She does. But that's her character arc is like she's a total dick to like she's a limp dick at the end. She's still a dick right. no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we'll see what happens. I mean, they're coming. They're just around the corner. John, the what Oscars. do you want to do next? Do you want to do another Oscar? Um, I absolutely contender? do. Should we? I do. Let's think about it. We don't know what we're going to do yet. Do we want to do the Ed Sheeran one? The Banshees of Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Okay, we'll decide here. Okay, is it going to be the Banshees of Ed Sheeran or is it going to be the Empire of Light with Olivia Coleman? Um, I love Olivia <laughs> Coleman, so let's do that one. I don't want to okay, do the cool. Ed Sheeran one. Oh, right, guys, I think Olivia Coleman is nominated as well. Is she? So, 
I mean, yeah, maybe we just do all the best actresses. Listen, who cares about uh, the yeah, best actors? I don't really care about them. Listen, the best Me actresses. Of, you know what? Maybe we should do the best actresses up until we get yeah. to the Oscars. Yeah, we may not cover all of them, but whatever's streaming for free. Wait, when are the Oscars? <laughs> sometime March sometime. Okay, well, whatever we can find, you and I will figure it out. So let's do Empire of Light next week, everyone. Right. Empire of Light, Olivia Coleman. Here we go. Oh. So with that. Oh, oh go. Oh, follow, well, rate, have to follow oh. rate, review, oh, yeah. um, email us. Subscribe, rate, review, email, uh, call us. Call, yeah, uh, call us at, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll see you at the movies. Roll the credits, yeah, psychopathic, um, just psycho, <laughs> tar. I don't, I guess that's it. I don't know. That's it. Keep Bye. watching. Bye. Keep watching. Bye.